You're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. For this series, we're going and we're going, we're thinking about this concept of flourishing in Christ. And you'll see the tagline at the top of the poster there, beautiful poster, by the way. Thank you, Sit on Hill Media Team. Building a rule of life. Um, and that already you're going, what does that mean? And that's where I say, stay tuned for the weeks to come. Um, but big idea, it's, it's an intentionally, uh, pursuing that as image bearers of God, our create, within, embedded within our created design, uh, God has uh, given us a capacity for routine and rhythm in life. We see this around the world. We see this in the world around us. That as the sun rises and the sun sets, uh, that uh, Jesus, Jesus's life was one of purpose, uh, and he came because of a plan. And we're thinking about how we planning our lives to be following and pursuing Jesus. Now, this series is it finds its foundation on the good news of the gospel, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, really, really, really important that if you're here today and if this is the first time you're ever visiting a church or you're just engaging in what is the Christian faith, this is a series that is uh, that is founded upon, this is not blind rules for righteousness, okay? This is building blocks for relationship. Uh, this is about being with Jesus for our holiness and for our delight because... God has already drawn us in and we have received Jesus by God's love, by God's grace, by God's mercy. We, uh, this is a series for uh, people that are like, yes, I want to be with Jesus. I've received Jesus. I know that in, re- in receiving Jesus, I can walk with God in the newness of life. Why? Because he has washed away my sin. I'm not defined by my past mistakes. God looks at me and he sees the perfect blameless life of Christ. He accepts me, warts and all. And the next series is about how do we live out that life now? You know, uh, it's a bit of that cliched statement, you know, I'm a born again Christian. 
I'm born again, which is great. It's a great way of thinking about it. So what does the born again life look like? How do we begin to crawl and then walk and then run in this newness of life? We're really thinking about how do we fulfill God's command to be holy as he is holy? Um, And how do we do that together? And how do we do that as we follow the way of Jesus? Um, Worth knowing what we're thinking about over the next seven weeks is a counter-cultural view of long-term investment, delayed gratification um, in creating disciplined, wise deposits for ongoing true delight with God who is divine. The goal is delight. The goal is enjoyment of God. And you will know, we will know that we have, we have participated in this series well as, as we go through these spiritual disciplines and these concepts. It's, there's so much to can say. You could, you, there's, there's books, libraries on this stuff. We've got seven weeks. But you'll know that you've participated in this series well and your thoughts have begun to be orientated in the right way when you will want to and you will begin to make plans to And you will be going to the places and the actions where Jesus longs to convince you of his realness. Paul writes to the church in Colossae, if, if, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek, seek, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Peter writes to the churches in the dispersion, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who has called you is holy, you also must be holy. There's the call of the Christian. John says to his disciples, just before we get to our reading that we just heard, he says to his disciples, he says to these people that he is with, that he loves, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, he says, be imitators of God as beloved children. The disciple whom Jesus loved writes in 1 John, for this is the love of God. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Paul writes to the church in Corinth in his first letter. He closes Therefore, my beloved children, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. This series, if you are willing to walk in the directions that we hope to point, will not be in vain. So as we kick things off, it is right for me to. Uh, sorry, I'm going to lay out the. I'm going to lay out the frame, <clears throat> so there's no surprises as we walk through. There's always a temptation as a preacher to be like, "Oh yes," and then like switch. Oh, surprise, tension, tension relieved. We're not going to do that. I'm going to keep it really basic because I want you to be able to follow this and remember it. We're going to think about what it means to follow Jesus. It's all F's. 
five Fs, just so, just because I could. <laughs> following, and then following is fellowship. Fellowship leads to formation. Formation leads to fruit. And the fruit is worked out in fellowship. Following, fellowship, formation, fruit, fellowship. <clears throat> Following. What is the good news of Jesus that you've responded to? Responded to in either a yes or a no? Is the actual call uh, that you may have accepted or rejected, is that the one, is that been the call of Jesus? So I don't want you to sell yourself short. See, whatever you present to your mind as the gospel, the good news of what Jesus calls people to, uh, the, the message of what God is doing in this world, uh, that will determine what, what shapes your mind as to what your life in response to the gospel looks like. Your gospel understanding will shape your understanding of Jesus' discipleship or Jesus' studentship or Jesus' apprenticeship or Jesus' followship. Now, if you present the gospel, the good news of the Christian faith, the good news of the Bible as simply being and only this, being saved from future judgment and that's all, I've got my fire insurance, thank you very much. It's a John 3.16 view of for God so loved the world that He sent His one His only Son that whoever believed in Him would not perish but have eternal life. It's a view of that eternal life just being a future thing and that's it. Just have an intellectual assent. Just have a little bit of extra belief. Just trust this thing. Do what you want now. And when you're done, then you'll figure out the rest of that. If, if you have only accepted this, that your sins are forgiven and then you die and you'll be received into heaven, if that's all it is, there's no basis for discipleship. There's no basis for relationship. There's no basis for following, no basis for fellowship, no basis for formation. You see, the gospel as the Bible puts it, the gospel as Jesus presents it, the first opening words of Jesus is, repent for the kingdom of God is here. Which is basically him saying, he's like, guys, you are heading in this direction. Repent, turn around because I'm doing something new, come in this direction with me. And this direction is God's kingdom. It's the kingdom of God. I can see you all developing your own little kingdoms with your house and land packages and your nice clothes and your beautiful little estates and your beautiful little job. And that's great. Keep going. I've got some, given you some gifts and some skills and some pleasures and some passions, but that won't save you from death. It says, what I would love for you to do, what I'm calling you to do, what I'm actually commanding you is in this, repent, take your kingdom and align it with my kingdom, my everlasting kingdom, my kingdom of life, of love, of hope, of truth. Repent, turn and bring your life into alignment with my life. And the beautiful news of when Jesus says this, he, he doesn't just say, take all of this effort and, and push it this way. He's just like, I recognise that you're weak and you're helpless and you can't do that on your own. And if you really begin to think about who you are, you're going to recognise that, hold on, can't hang out with Jesus, don't deserve that, can't earn that, can't make that happen. And Jesus says, that's okay, I love you so much. I can forgive you, I can restore you, I will renew you, come into my kingdom. 
<clears throat> so if you are in God's kingdom, what, does it, what do you think it means to be a follower of Jesus in that kingdom? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus if you're a part of that kingdom? If you're following his way, if he's the king, right? He's the king. He's Lord. Jesus is Lord. King of kings, Lord of lords. Okay, following Jesus. What do you think of when you think of following something or following someone? To start with the general term of follow for a moment. Oh yeah, follow them on Instagram. Follow them. Following them on Facebook, yeah. What does that mean? Uh, I just have a vague, loose attachment and uh, to that concept or idea. Does that change your life at all? No, I just enjoy their posts. Nothing would change if that association was ever, was ever removed, would it? In the general sense of following today. What do you think it means to be a follower of Jesus? Does it mean the same to you as it means the same to Instagram? Is Jesus a, a vague attachment? I like, oh yeah, kind of like the wisdom of Jesus. Enjoy some of his tweets. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Like, well done, Jesus. How different would your life look if Christ was removed? <clears throat> For those that enjoy poetry, this one has gripped me. Why is it when God created the fish, he spoke to the sea? Why is it when God wanted to create trees, he spoke to the earth? Why is it when God wanted to create humanity, he spoke to himself? Now, what happens when you take a fish out of the sea? It dies. What happens when you take a tree out of the earth? It dies. What happens when you take a person out of the presence of God? We are all created to live and be connected to and live in God. God is the only place that humanity can truly grow and flourish, find light and find meaning. God is our natural environment. Only in him will true, true life truly exist. And if you're here today and you're not a Christian, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you're just exploring who this Jesus character is and who is this God of the Bible. Perhaps you may have at some point felt like you're not your true authentic self. True authentic self. I'm using those words very intentionally because culture has hijacked them and there is a true authentic self, but it's not for you to discover on your own by looking within. It's for you to realise by looking up. Now, perhaps you've had a deep sense that there's something or someone that you're still yet to know. You see, those are signals of the emptiness and hollowness that can only be filled by an ongoing relationship with God in following Jesus. Ongoing relationship with God. <clears throat> now, I fear that many churches have let many people down with this sense of the ongoing relationship with God. There is a limited Christian focus on only the conversion experience. There's not enough on the discipleship practice. This should not be. 
God wants a people in active pursuit of him who are not passive because they were once persuaded of him. God models to us in the person and work of Jesus Christ that God came flesh, put on flesh, incarnate, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. He actively pursued us out of his great love. And we are to love God because he first loved us. And our love is reciprocal to his love in that we also pursue him. See, following Jesus is not just a one-time giving your life to Jesus or a invite Jesus into your heart and that's it. Following Jesus It's being with God. It's a divine, intimate relationship of pursuit and a reposturing ourselves to be following Him. <clears throat> and sorry, we come to our series and we bet it in John 15. It's only given us 11 verses on the video or the thing that you see on all the socials, they should give us the first 13. But, you know, like anything when you read the Bible, it doesn't make sense yet. Just keep reading and just keep reading and just keep reading and you'll get to the end. It still doesn't make sense. Go to the front and then just keep reading. See, now John 15 is fascinating because Jesus, he's uh, at this point, he's in the upper room. Um, He has just washed his disciples' feet. Jesus came as King of kings and Lord of lords. He came not to be served, but to serve. And he models to his disciples this sacrificial servant, servant, servantship. And then he says in John 13, he says, a new commandment I give to you, a new commandment, love one another as I have loved you. Have you ever washed someone else's feet? Ever had your feet washed? Volunteers? No. No. <laughs> He says this, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And then he says, he tells them, he says, guys, I'm not going to be around for a while. I'm leaving. It's actually better that I go. I'm leaving. It's actually better that I go. I'm going to send my uh, Holy Spirit to you uh, and you're going to do greater things than what I've done. Not greater is in quality, but greater is in quantity. <clears throat> and then as, he, as he's just said, he's just like, love one another, buy this people know you're my disciples. I'm going away. And then he, he goes on a little bit of a poetic, creative discourse. He says in John 15, he says, I'm going away. I am the true vine. And my va- father is the vine dresser. <clears throat> every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. Can you picture being the disciples at the table at this point? Jesus is leaving. And then he says, abide in me. Wait, what? (laughs) It's like, I'll see you later. Let's make sure we're hanging out. We're going to keep hanging out. That's the only way that you're going to be okay. How do you do that? 
What are you talking about, Jesus? I would be confused. If I was me sitting there, I'd be confused. Like, how can I abide with you? Because this word abide, this word abide, it says, that means uh, it's the Greek word meno. It is to stay. It is to remain. It is to last. It is to persist. It is to continue to live for. It is continue to live with. It is to wait for. It is to await. It is to dwell. It is to endure. That is what Jesus says when he says abide. Abide. Jesus' last words before leaving are his, for his people's their first priority. And he says, <clears throat> if anyone does not abide in me, they will, be thrown around, throw, throw, they will be thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches will be gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, abide in my love. Now, this is super poetic, like super creative. Like what? Like creative, like I mean creative is in the sense of not like, oh, wow, look at that, so creative. But creative in the sense of like, I don't get what you're doing. That's very creative. Like when your kids draw a picture, oh, so creative. Sorry. <laughs> Louis, you're a terrible parent. What does it mean? Abide in me, abide in my word, keep my commandments. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I kept, have kept my father's commandments and abide in him, and abide in his love. <clears throat> how I did this, Jesus is saying, how I abide with my father is how you are to do it. See, I followed the lead of my loving Father. Now, disciples, follow my lead. Keep my commandments, my charge, my instructions, my requirements. Pause, digest. How do you feel about that? Someone having commandments over your life. Does that make our precious little Western hearts skip a beat? Can't tell me what to do. Keep my commandments. What do you think about that? I don't know if it's a guy thing. I know Joash has reflected on this before. As soon as someone tells you to do one thing, you're like, I'm going to do exactly the opposite. Thank you very much. It's like when you're a young kid, 18, year, 18 years old, you say to your mum, thinking of joining the army. She's like, you're not joining the army. It's like, okay, now I'm definitely joining the army. True story. But wait, these are commands. <clears throat> these are commands coming from who? Coming from Jesus. Coming from Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, invisible God of whom the whole glory of God was, was, was pleased to dwell. God who says, I, I am the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping love for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression and sin. And John, who's in the room, he gets this and he, 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 he he's, I think he, he, he definitely gets it. If he doesn't get it right now, he goes to get it on later. He says, he, he says, keeping God's commandments is not burdensome. They give life. 
They are these rails that, that give us direction and give us safety. It's like a fish needs water to, to flourish in. It's not when they're outside of the water that the fish has true freedom, but it was when it's, it's in the constraints of the water that that's when it can truly flourish. And Jesus is saying, well, just keep my commandments. Like there's a, there is a right way to live. There is a way for you to be guided. <clears throat> we work better when we know our boundaries. <clears throat> and Jesus in this instruction, he's saying, look, I'm not asking you to practice any specific magical behaviours. I'm saying pursue meaningful relationship, a relationship that leads to transformation and hearts of love. Jesus says to his disciples as he leaves, abide, abide, stay, remain, last, persist. <clears throat> and this is where we have to join some, join some dots and we go, hold on a minute. When Jesus says, follow me, he's saying, have fellowship with me. Following looks like fellowship. Do you know what fellowship is? We thought a lot about this last week. <clears throat> if you're still unsure, run back to the cross. Remember the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? It's the mystery of God's plan revealed of what he's doing in the world right now. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and turn and ask for true life and be welcomed and included into the family of God. And know that as Jesus talks about receiving him and as he does the work of adoption, it brings you into a relationship of cooperation. And to abide is to have fellowship with Jesus. It, it is, and, and this happens at the moment of you receiving Jesus as saviour not a future, distant, unknown reality. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish. That perishing is not future perishing. Perishing actually can begin to slow down now. Would not perish but have eternal life. That eternal life can actually begin to happen now. Do you have any like really good Christian friends or do you have any of your own experiences that just stories of God's grace and love and mercy? And it's just, it's just what God does. People meet Jesus and are freed from addiction. Jesus enters into people's lives and oppression is lifted off. There's addiction and it goes. There's brokenness and there's reconciliation. Where there was dissension, there becomes peace. Where there was guilt and shame, there becomes a sense of acceptance and love. That is perishing, going, and that is eternal life beginning. You are saved for relationship with God. Receiving Jesus is entering into relationship with God. And as you spend time with God, you'll 
Start doing the things that God would do. You'll start doing the things that Jesus would do. As you are someone that does the things that Jesus and God would do, you'll be, you'll be, you'll be a kingdom citizen, a kingdom of God citizen, living out the values of this kingdom that is entering in now. It's the now but not yet reality of the kingdom of God. Jesus has entered in and has brought it in and shown his authority that it's, it's beginning. And yes, we still see sin around us. We still see the problems around us. We still feel these tensions pulling us left and right that are happening. But he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. And we can begin to live with a kingdom reality now. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That can be lived out in our lives now. That can be prioritised now. You can live in that now. You can begin to enjoy the fruits of the kingdom now. You can see the kingdom grow in the, through the work of the church family now. You can encounter Jesus now. You can have joy now. C.S. Lewis, he says, so often uh, it's not that our desires are too strong, talking about our relationship with God, talking about what is possible in knowing God. He says our, our desires are not too strong, being pulled away to this and that. He says our desires are too weak. <clears throat> he says we are like a children who's satisfied with playing with mud pies in the slums when there is an offer from God to be making sea castles by the seashore. And why do we do that? Why do we do that? I quoted that verse earlier on. He says, Do not be conformed to the passions of your flesh from your former ignorance. From your former ignorance. What's he saying there? He's saying that like, there's stuff you just don't know about yet. Like you were ignorant to how good God was. And the more and more you get to know who Jesus is, the more and, you're, more, and more it's just like your heart and your will and your mind begins to change. And you're just like, why would I go after that stuff? I'm not ignorant to who God was in that aspect anymore. It's the, and this is the, this is the value. This is why Jesus says, abide, spend time with me. Let me rub off onto you. Let me show you what is possible. And you're like, well, how do we do that? And that's where I say, like, over the next seven weeks, I keep coming back. We're going to think about ways to abide. Jesus, uh, he says, abide. Remain in God. Be connected to God. Now, Jesus, he's, this, is, this, is, this is so wise and, and this, is, this is so... So amazing. He, he, he knows that this is in our design as human beings, that this is where he, he calls us towards. Because just think about how we're formed. Like take a step out of like, it's hard, take a step out of theology for a moment, but just how are we formed as human beings? Everything has an ability to rub off onto us, to wear something down in us or to form us. See, our formation has been and so often and will be and is the result of our ever-changing environments, sometimes tragic circumstances, sometimes because of intentional schooling or disciplining or the books that we read or the podcasts that we listen to, just sometimes the, the people we hang out with. 
the screens we stare at, the people we work with, everything is forming us. Everything is forming us. It's wise to acknowledge this reality, that everything we encounter has the power to posture or reposture our hearts and our minds and our desires all the time. Things are forming us. And the question isn't, the question isn't, the question isn't, well, it's not, it's not isn't, it's not a is or isn't, but often uh, we'll think about, we'll reflect in our lives and we'll go, how are we going? How am I going? And that's a good question to ask. But in a world that's like, it's a constant onslaught of billboards and media and advertising and ideology and values and you need to be like this and unless you're like this, before we ask how are we going, we need to ask who am I becoming? Who am I becoming? And what am I looking to to shape that? Am I just like blindly going to walk around and like just, here I am, formed. Or do you want to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith? Focus on him and walk towards that. Profound quote by preacher Johnny I don't know how to say your second name. Everything is forming you, he says. He says, Satan's strategy for your life is simple. Make sin look normal. Make holiness seem strange. Says God's strategy is also simple. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. If you are a follower of Jesus, you need to be alert to everything in this world that is dulling your consciousness to the sinfulness of sin, the shows you watch, the games you play, the people you hang out with the most. All these things matter. So we want to embark on a journey of spiritual formation to follow Christ and to have fellowship with Christ so that we are formed into more into the character of Christ, as Romans 8 talks about. You know, we have, been, we, are, we have been predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ. That is that is God's plan for your life. Look more like Jesus. And it's not for you just like, okay, do your work. I'm here. It's not working. It's like, no, no, like it's, like it's a journey, mate. We've got to walk. Like I've given you a map, I've given you help. Like if you sit there, nothing happens. Stop, like get up. Come on, get up. Okay, have some more Holy Spirit. Okay, let's get up. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's one of the problems that uh, I have seen in uh, churches that have this pursuit of spiritual formation and abiding in Christ is that we will look to the fruit. We won't go to the root. Yeah? Instead of think, and it's, we'll too often go, okay, Love, peace, joy, patience, goodness, kindness, faith, which ends with self-control. These are the things that we've got to do. So I've got to do those things. We're going to go straight to the fruits of those things. We're going to spend all of our time and all of our energy trying to be more loving this week. That's what we're going to do. As if we can conjure up some extra love from within our belly. You know? Trying really hard to love. Oh, Super Saiyan 2 love. Let's go. Oh, my hair's changed, you know. Sorry, that was not in my notes, clearly. (laughs) 
We need to be thinking more about spending time and energy with Jesus, who is the source of love, who is God, who is love. It's not, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's an intentional, proactive time with, to absorb in, to, to look to the, to, to the foundation and not go to the thing that's hanging off, you know, it's just, and it's, 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 an, it's, it's an intentional formation. This is next week, but it's not like, oh, you did my time with Jesus this week. It's like, no, you didn't. You drove to work and you absently had the Bible on in the background. Sorry, just, that's not devotion. Like, could you imagine, like, if it's just like, have you spent some time with your husband or wife this week? Oh, yeah, we went for a drive to the shops together. And they talked at me at that, that time. Oh, did you talk back? What? Hmm? Hmm? We have to be careful that we, we, that we chase too hard after the fruit and we're not actually going to the vine. See, so think about you're married. Uh, soft, often uh, married couples, they want to have a family. Now, what, and now the, the, the result of family is the children, right? But you, if you're married, you can't just like pursue the children. What has to happen before the children? Kids are in City Kids today. We can use this illustration. Intimacy, divine, uh, intense intimacy, isn't it? Connection with one another. That's how children are made. Abiding with one another. Physically, emotionally, relationally. Because otherwise you're just pursuing some, oh yeah, we really want to have kids. It's the pursuit of the relationship that kids are then the fruit of that relationship. And then to take the illustration one step further, what is the, you know, just popular psychology, what is, what is at the root of a healthy family? Like really, like when you think about a, a family that is the healthiest, safety, safest, most cohesive family, is that the one that has mastered the production of children and then is able to follow the list of exercises and acts and, and actions to tick them all off? You know, okay, we've got the education, we've got the meals, we've got the home, which are all important, by the way, like do all of that. But like the research will show us that a healthy, happy family is more than those material, external things. A family is at its peak performance or function or level of relational cohesion when mum and dad love each other more than the kids or their stuff or their image or their success. It says when the husband and wife are adding to and contributing to one another, then it's when the overflow of these fruits come out of this stable foundation and root system. See, fellowship, abiding, being with is the door to opening everything. The intended outcome of this following Jesus is fellowship and delight. So we need to abide. We need to go to relationship with Jesus. See, Jesus says abide, and it's more, than it's more than an encounter for a transaction. It's communion for transformation. 
It's the interactive presence of the Holy Spirit personally and privately. It's the interactive presence of the Holy Spirit via modes that God has set forth in which we walk in and pursue. And God is pleased to act via people, events, teachings, traditions, practices in the cooperation, in the corporate and in the public setting that are pursuing him. Dulles Willard writes, giving yourself to God is not a one-time event, but happens over the course of a lifetime. Dying 1,000 small deaths in Christ to experience the power of 1,000 small resurrections. See, discipleship should be the experience of, I think, every day going, oh, I didn't realise that. Oh, I never knew that. Oh, you're telling me that there's this too? As we spend time with Jesus. Oh, I didn't realise that about God. I didn't know that that's what you had for this community or me or family or friends. I didn't see that there was this to enjoy now as well. So we have following Jesus is fellowship with Jesus. And as you have fellowship with Jesus, there's formation so that you are like Jesus. Spending time with Jesus means that over time, you'll begin to think and act and love like Jesus as you pursue the relationship. In doing these things, you are a disciple, a learner, a student, an apprentice. And a disciple is basically someone who trusts in Jesus and is learning to do life in the kingdom of God as Jesus did, as its king, as his ruler, as his facilitator, as he taught and modelled and commanded and encouraged. And this is not a new concept that's only just been introduced at Jesus. The psalmist writes about this all the time. You know, the precepts of the law are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant. The commands of the Lord are radiant giving light to the eyes. Psalm 119, I delight in your commands because I love them. I reach out for your commands, which I love that I may meditate on your decrees. Following Jesus is fellowship with Jesus. And as you fellowship with Jesus, you'll be formed to be more like with Jesus. And as you are formed to be more like Jesus, you will then experience the fruit of the relationship with Jesus. And what is the fruit by this? You know, I'm the vine, you are the branches, abide in me. If you don't abide with me, you, if you do abide with me, you'll bear much fruit. There's conversation by different theologians as to what fruit is. The two most common thoughts is fruit is you just can run fruits of the Holy Spirit Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Who would have thought that if you spent more time with Jesus, who is love, who's the kindest that there has ever been, the gentlest that's ever been, that modelled self-control at just a, this transcendent level, that as you spend time with him, you become more like that. Hold on a minute, Louis. Louis. Christianity is logical. 
Well, yeah. Yeah. Actually, yes. Yeah, put that on a reel. The other source of fruit is more disciples, is other people. Uh, by this, you will bear much fruit. Uh, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. What is the ultimate fruit of Jesus's work? What is it that Jesus ultimately achieves? God's plan in bringing a, making it, creating a people for himself. And if you're hanging out with Jesus, doing the things that Jesus did, you will find yourself on a path of just <laughs> representing Jesus in such a, such a way that people are like, I'll have what she's having. His name is Jesus. And if you want the peace that I've got, if you want to be kind like I am, if you want to know the self-control and where that comes from, it's Jesus. And then they get to, they all have their eyes and ears opened up to his call to them. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Take your little kingdom and align it with mine. Feel the renewal of life and be accepted for, be, be accepted, not be rejected, be forgiven and have a fresh start. And that fruit, following, fellowship, formation leads to fruit. The last one is fellowship. Except now it's not just our primary pursuit of fellowship with Jesus. This is where verses 12 to 13 should, be, should have been included in our reading. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. The fruit of being with Jesus will mean that you will have fellowship with not just Jesus, but all of Jesus' people. Fellowship with Jesus will bring you not only into the divine intimate community of the Trinity, but it will bring you also in alignment with all the other people that are longing to follow Jesus as well. It will bring you into a church family. It will bring you into the global church as it exists across the world. And I don't know if you notice this about all the fruits of the Spirit, if that's the primary place that you land on what fruit is, but they all can't be worked out on your own. How do you demonstrate gentleness or have an opportunity to practice gentleness or patience or kindness if you're cooped up in your little monastery? The vine, the trellis and the crow. We're going to be thinking more in the coming weeks about how we're going to be a people that plan a pursuit of Christ's, that don't haphazardly bump our way through life, hoping that something just magically happens, but actually how do we pursue a relationship with the one who has already pursued us for relationship? 
And as I said at the top, these aren't rules to make us righteous. It will happen, but they're just building blocks for relationship. And it's just us taking seriously Jesus' commands to be like, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Promise in Deuteronomy 4, 29. From there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him. If you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. There's much more to be said. But we don't have enough time. Thank you for listening um, to this weird introductory early sermon. Um, I want to also say, sorry, this is the weirdest close to a sermon ever. This is a new concept for so many people. Uh, I, I recognize that. Um, sermons will feel a bit different over the next few weeks as we explore it. Um, if there's anything that doesn't, not it's not landing, um, I want to be reactive to your engagement. So please keep chatting to me particularly because I want to help us through this. Um, I really, th there is a lot to, there's a lot of value here, but I want to make sure that we're hearing it right. Um, so please, uh, I want to hear you, <laughs> from you, if it's things aren't aligning. More of that in gospel communities, on websites, on podcasts, in times to come. For now, let your following of Jesus this week be embodied by a fellowship of Jesus and let the rest take care of itself. Let me pray. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.